because I've been preaching in numbers, a number of messages on mysteries. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, and you're going to see a phrase that appears in these verses that I'm going to read to you. You'll find it four times in these verses that I read to you tonight. And uh, I, I want us to focus in on that and how it correlates to us. And I'll do my best uh, to get you out at a reasonable time, but I will say this, I will be obedient to God because I have to do that more than anything else. Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter one, let's, let's go to verse nine to begin with. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. Underline the word, the mystery. So he's setting the preface here. He's telling us that God's will was a mystery. There's something mysterious about the will of God. He said, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in him also, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Then look in chapter two and verse seven, that in the ages to come, underline those three words, ages to come, he might show him the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Let's go to chapter three now, if you will. Let me read a few verses. Let's look at verse three, chapter three and verse three. For time's sake, I encourage you to read all three of these chapters when you go home or through this week in your Bible study. Verse three of chapter three. How that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery. There it is again. So he said, what was the mystery of his will? He made it known unto me. As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. There's the mystery again. That's the third time. The mystery of Christ, which in other ages, now mark the words other ages. So we have ages to come and we have other ages. And he says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now he tells us what those unsearchable riches are. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. There it is, four times now he talks about the mystery. Which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God 
according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. So he talks about this mystery and dealing with this mystery. And then he shares the mystery from three perspectives. First, he talks about ages in the past. And then he talks about the present because he said, now this mystery has been revealed to me. And then he talks about the ages to come when you get in verse 21, and to him be the glory of the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end, amen. So he says from the perspective in ages past, there was a mystery about the will of God. He said, but now that mystery has been revealed and that mystery is yet to be revealed to a lot of people when it comes to ages to come, they'll know it, but they'll know it too late. But he said, now you need to know what the mystery is. Now the word mystery in the Greek, it simply means a hidden thing or a secret. In other words, God had this mystery. And in ages past, he talks about the sons of men or the prophets, or in ages past, he said they didn't know what it was. He said, but I know. I, I know what it is. He said, I'm gonna tell you what it is. And you know it too. It's just sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll forget how God has, has watched over us through the years and how God has orchestrated everything to where it's at right now. And by the way, he'll be in control of all of it in the end too. Now to understand the ages past, what's he talking about? The mystery of ages past, what, what is that? Well, let me, let me simplify it in the simplest terms that I can. If you go back to the beginning as we have it recorded prophetically, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created. Not in the beginning, God. There is no beginning with God. He has always been. It's just in the beginning of his creation. God didn't begin at creation. He has always been, he is, and he will be forevermore. So we need to know, if we're gonna find out what this mystery is, we gotta find out a little bit about God. And can I just put it in three simple terms when it comes to everything that I'm going to preach to you tonight. If you wanna know this mystery of the will that was hidden, you've gotta see God in three different aspects. First of all, you've got to understand that God is light. We have no, no disagreement on that, do we? In him, there's no darkness at all. That's what John wrote. So we know he is light. The first thing that we have in creation is light because if God's there, light has to be there. So he's light and out of life, light is symbolic of truth. There's no darkness, truth is revealed. There is no darkness in him, he is light. Because not only is God light, God is life. You can't have life without light. Our gardens are suffering right now. First, no rain. And now, do you know you've got to have some sunlight for corn and tomatoes? 
They won't ripen and they won't grow. They gotta have some warmth. So there's life in light. So when the light is there, life is there. So God is life. Therefore, what he creates, the aspect of being created in his image means that he gave man his life. Everything that has life, God created. Because he's light and he's life. And third, God is love. Now, there was a time when there wasn't mankind. There was a time when there wasn't an angel. There was a time when there were no babies. God was God alone. But a God of love, a God of light, and a God of life. And he's alone. What is love if you can't give it? What is love if you can't share it? So God is full of all this love and he's full of all this light and he's full of all this life. And God says, you know what? I want a family to share my love with. So the first thing that God did in this family, someone said, well, the first family of God was he created man. I don't believe that. I believe he created angels first. Now, if you don't agree with that, that's fine. We can sit down. We'll discuss it theologically. But you don't read where suddenly the serpent appears in Genesis 3. The serpent was there, even though that the world, the world, it was without without form, it was, it was void, it was darkness on that creation, but in the heavenlies, I believe God had already created the angels. I think by the time you get to the creation of man and the creation of woman, the reason God created man and created woman, it wasn't that he just didn't have nothing else to do and said, you know, I think what I'll do is just create a man. No, God had love. And love needs to be given to others. So God first creates the angels. But the problem with that is out of the angels, he had a son because you do know that the angels are called the sons of God. We're in agreement on that. Where do you get that? Job chapter one, verse six. Job chapter two and verse one. Job chapter 38 and verse seven. On and on you can go. Go to any Hebrew text you want. The Hebrew word that you take for angels, among other things, they're ministering spirits, but they weren't just created to, to minister to us. They were created to minister to God because he wanted this family that he loved. But unfortunately, one of those sons rebelled. And he lost a son. His name was Lucifer. And Lucifer rebelled against God. And when he rebelled against God, then God lost his son, which means he lost his family. Part of his family was gone. I get the question all the time, why didn't God destroy the devil? Some people say, well, God created the devil. No, God created the son of the morning. And God said, this son of the morning 
that was endued with power and was the worshiper of God. We read about him in Ezekiel chapter 28. We read about him in Isaiah 14. I'm not going to all of those scriptures, but we know his purpose was he was created as an instrument of praise for God. But he said, I will be like the most high. And he exalted himself to the position of God. And God says there can only be one father in the family. I'm the boss, you're the child. You're my creation. And God said when he rebelled, he was separated from God, cast away. He lost his position. He lost his authority. Someone said, well, why didn't God kill him? God God gave him life. Now, you're not gonna like this, but we gotta think tonight. Middle of the week, it's hard to think, I know. You come, you just wanna settle up, but you can't shout if it don't soak in. So we gotta think for just a moment here. He created him and he lost this son. And when he lost this son, Satan. He became known then as Satan. He rebelled and he convinced other sons to follow him. And they rebelled and they became fallen spirits. But you see, you gotta know how God created angels. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Do you know angels don't have blood? Well, how do you have that? Well, we know from Job that the sons of the sons of God, they meet with God. These angels are in a meeting. That's when Satan appears before them and, and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. They are spirits. Well, what's that mean? Well, if you don't have blood, you can't have babies. You know it's impossible to have babies if you don't have blood? It's an impossibility. Life of the flesh is in the blood. Now right now you ought to shout. Do you know what that means? Thank God demons don't have demons. If you listen, if you listen to what the devil tells you, he'd love to make you think that we are outnumbered. But we're not outnumbered with all of the angels that have fallen and the evil spirits that have fallen, yes, they're there, but devils can't have devils. They can't have babies. You ought to shout on that. Thank God one's enough to fight. I'm glad the devil can't have more devils. You've got your hands full just fighting him. But he can't have it. So God knew that was the mystery of his will. He knew this won't satisfy me. This won't be the family. So he lost the son. When he lost the son, then he lost his authority and his power. When you go home tonight, it would do you good to go to the book of Exodus chapter 28 and go to the book of Ezekiel chapter 28. And you'll read about Lucifer that had been cast down in Ezekiel's writing. In Exodus, you'll read about the high priest. And in both, you'll find out that there is a breastplate that's covered with stones. But when you get from Exodus chapter 28 
there are 12 stones mentioned in Exodus 28 on the breastplate of the high priest. When you get to Ezekiel 28, when the devil comes about, the anointed cherub in, on his breastplate in the stones that he's marked with, there's only nine. Three are missing. Do I have your attention now? Three are missing. Well, what are those three? Well, the Lord said, I know all things when it comes to the plan of God and the predestined plan of God. He said, I know that. He knew Satan would rebel. He knew that Lucifer would be cast out. Someone said, well, what are those three? Well, we don't have the listing of each name, but I think that it's common knowledge that Josephus teaches us that with those names that they were the names of the 12 sons of Jacob, the tribes of Israel. So that meant that there was 12 on the high priest, 12 stones, 12 names, nine on the anointed cherub that fell in Ezekiel 28. What three are missing? Well, everything we have in record says that the stones were in the birth order. So when you look at the birth order, it is the third row of stones that's missing. And in the birth order, that would mean Gad is missing, Asher's missing, and Issachar. That's the three. Why, why would God let him have that and those three be missing? Well, because it's what those three did and the prophecy over those three. You remember the prophecy that Jacob gave to those sons before that he left on Gad? He says, you're like a troop. You're gonna be overcome, but in the end, you're gonna be an overcomer. He talked about Asher. He said, royal dainies are yours. You're going to have royal seed. He talked about Issachar being couched down between two burdens. He said, you're gonna be a burden bearer. Do you know why God says, I'm not going to allow the devil to have those three? Why? Because the devil, number one, will never be the overcomer. God always wins. Number two, he cannot have seed. There'll be no royal seed that will ever come from the devil. The royal seed comes from the Lord God Almighty. And the third thing is, the devil can never bear your burdens. Don't you ever let the enemy tell you, if you follow him, your life will be better. You'll be more blessed if you just do what he wants you to do. He has never borne a burden for anyone. But thank God, I know somebody that is the overcomer. I know somebody that can bear our burdens. I know somebody that is the royal seed. So he lost a son with Lucifer. He lost a son with Adam. Then he calls in Hosea when he talks about Israel and the nation of Israel. Also in Exodus chapter four, you know what he calls the Israelites? His child, his son. Isn't that something? He called Lucifer the son of the morning. He was of the sons of God. He called Adam his son. He called Adam his son, absolutely. Luke chapter one, verse thir uh, chapter three, verse 38, I believe it is in the genealogy of Luke. He calls Adam his son. And then 
you've got Israel. He said he called his firstborn, his son, out of Egypt. Israel. The Hebrew people. But by the time you get to the Old Testament ending, they've rebelled against God and rebelled against his word and they have rejected him. Jesus said, I came unto my own and they received me not. The foxes have holes, the birds have nests, yet the son of man hath not a place to lay his head. One of these days I'm gonna preach on foxholes. And he said, they turned him away. And their, their minds now is blinded. Their hearts are hardened. God lost a son. Mystery number one. The sons of God, he lost a family. Created Adam, he lost a son. He lost a family. Mystery number three. He had his hand on the nation and people of Israel, but they rejected him and crucified him. He lost a son. It doesn't mean that he's not going to turn back to them and forgive them. But for now, he has lost his family. But then, a little virgin whose name was Mary had an angelic visitor that had remained faithful to God and wasn't like Lucifer, but was the ministering spirit. And God said, I'm going to get my family. So the angel sends the message to Mary and says, you'll be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost and you'll bear a son and his name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And by the way, he had blood. And he said, the mystery of ages past, there wasn't a prophet understood it. There wasn't a person could understand it. There wasn't a lawgiver that could understand it. They could not see it because it was hidden to them. The mystery was hidden in God. The devil never saw it. Had he saw it coming, they would never have crucified the prince of glory. He didn't see it. The prophets, the priests, the high priest didn't see it. But Jesus came and God said, this is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I finally got a son. You haven't got this yet. Why is the mystery revealed? What is the mystery? Jesus had blood. And what did I say earlier? If you don't have blood, you can't have you can't have a family. You can't have children. But Jesus said, I've got the right blood. I've got the pure blood. I've got the cleansing blood. I've got the blood that has power to forgive of all sin. My blood can allow sons and daughters to be born into the family of God. Paul is saying, it's no mystery any longer. What the law could not do in that it was weak, God's sin his son in the likeness of flesh to condemn sin in the flesh and to offer his blood because God said now I've got a family P 
People all the time say, God is love, God is love, God is love. If he's not your daddy, it don't matter. Because you don't recognize him as your father. But for those of us that were in sin, we know what the power of the blood does. That's why that song tonight does something to so many of us when they start singing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Through that name, there is power. Through that name, there is healing. And through that name, there is none other name given under heaven whereby men must be saved. It is because of the blood. So that's why we ought to stand and tell the world we know the mystery. It is the power of the blood of Jesus. We ought to sing about it. We ought to preach about it. We ought to testify about it. We ought to tell others there's nothing but the blood of Jesus that can save your soul and allow you to be born again. It's the blood. Why are we in his family? The blood. (laughs) Nobody has blood like him. His DNA is different than anyone else. On Calvary, they put nails in his hands and in his feet. They drew his blood. Three days later, the DNA results came back. He is the son of God. (laughs) See, if he had died and stayed dead, we'd be without hope. But we have something that we can testify about. And we have something that we can talk about. And we have something that we can praise God about. Because we know the blood of Jesus. It is Jesus. No other way except Jesus. That's why we speak his name. That's why we tell you it takes Jesus. No other way. So how do you know? that you are saved because of his blood. I've had a blood transfusion. It's spiritual, but it works. Chuck and Jerry's here tonight. Their their sister-in-law is now with the Lord. And I remember back a few years ago, we were talking, she had gone through a lot of sickness. Jenny had faced a lot of sickness. And a great lady. I can't wait until I get to see her in heaven again. Great lady. She boosted my faith so many times. But uh, I got to talking to her. She she had this this, uh, bone marrow transplant, if I remember right, and They have this donor that gives. And the the doctors told her, said, no, there'll be some mild side effects. It's not not anything serious to talk about. It's just some things that you need to know. If you've got questions, just ask because you may feel different about some things after that you have this transplant. 
because it alters your blood. And uh, so she had noticed, I think if I remember correctly, she hated, uh, she just didn't like them, strawberries. She, she didn't like them. And she had that transplant and all of a sudden she craved strawberries. So I don't even like them. And I eat them all the time. And I said, boy, that's odd, Jenny. What, what, what do you think that is? And she said, well, I got curious, so I asked my doctor. And he said, well, I'm not shocked about that. He said, your blood donor probably loved, your bone marrow donor probably loved strawberries, and now it's in your blood. <laughs> I don't think you got that. In other words, you start liking what the donor likes, and you start hating what the donor hates. How do you know that you been to Jesus for the cleansing power, been washed in his blood, you start loving what he loves and you start hating what he hates and you all of a sudden have a different attitude about things. It's because we know the mystery. It's not a mystery to us. We know where our salvation came from and we know at the end of the journey we can stand with those that have gone through troubles and trials and say hallelujah. They have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony is still takes the blood. The blood makes the difference. The mystery. He lost a son in Lucifer. He lost a son in Adam. He lost a son in Israel. But when his son was born of a virgin, he got a family. When are we gonna understand he does it all? Without him, we're nothing. 